License registration, please. I don't have anything in a truck. I know my right. I, oh, no. Oh, no. All right. I'm going to need to see what's in the trunk. Pop the trunk, please. Oh, no. Don't go back there. Oh, don't go back there. Don't go back there. Oh, my gosh. Looks like we have ourselves a clear-cut case of do you I. Hey. so random bro i do not like kd shoe i've never liked any kd shoe well i take that back it was nah, one, the it was one strap a fire well, since you're going straight into that it's one i was thinking about recently oh the four is that one like the orange the orange one that he wore a lot when he was in okc that had the strap that goes across it his mvp year shoe right I don't remember. I just know the four is like my favorite one. I think this is his MVP year shoe. They won't like a hundred bucks, and uh, like I wish they fucking they forget retro, but I like the fours a lot. The four is like my favorite Katie shoe. I like the sevens too. Um, I got the tens to play ball in. They're pretty good, and uh, I definitely like the the eights is like an Air Max, but they they kind of tight. I got the fours and the sevens. I know that, and I got I have the tens to play ball in. But I don't not like the thirteen. These I'm just like, ugh. All of them are not. Yeah, like, the there's seven. not one colorway I like, not one. Yeah, the seven are his best ones. Yeah, the look, like so, the look so we start talking about shoes, he gonna pop we in. Talk sneakers. Like, we talk about sneakers. He wanna show up. First of all, I'd like to blame my uh my absence on Xfinity. So I appreciate Xfinity yes. coming through and being Xfinity. the most clutch. Exactly. So you get the point. My brothers, what's going down? No, Let me go ahead and introduce about. everybody, man. Uh, before we get to back to the shoes, we go to your expertise when it comes to shoes. Oh, oh, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm here. To, I'm, I'm on y'all platform, bro. So whatever we on, we on. Oh, no. We, and, and you know we ain't going to be here for long. But listen, uh, this is Show Your Work episode Four, I four, four of them things. Quatro. I like Brian. Quatro. I am, I am your host or co-host. Banks no rest too. Here with my boy Nelson, aka who is original. Special guest from Guessing from the Stands podcast. My brother that be inspired, inspiring me to get in the gym, even though I go too much and I need to take a goddamn break. Uh, also the co-host or the host of Guessing from the Stands. Earl got so. What's going on, champ? Front of the show. I'm good, man. I'm good. Definitely, definitely. It's good to sit down with y'all, man. Um, just, just uh, proud to see what y'all have built. 
you know, um, definitely happy that we're finally able to get this locked in. And it's definitely won't be our last time working. I'm just proud to see guys who love the craft, taking the craft serious and uh, doing what they got to do to get the work done. So show your work is definitely appropriate for uh, this podcast title because, man, I, I love to see it. I, you know, I really, you know, I don't want to, de- you know, go on too much, but, man, I'm just genuinely happy to see y'all brothers doing this. So, you know, I'm, I'm ecstatic that. to be here. We appreciate that. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, man, for sure. We appreciate you, Karen. But yeah, we was talking about we randomly just got in a conversation talking about uh the KD shoeing. Yeah, I said because they were I was they were showing him playing and I said he's wearing like the Texas colorway of the 13. I said, I do not like the 13 at all. It looks terrible. Yeah, it seems like Nike kind of uh ran not ran away, but kind of is uh uh giving up looks and uh and performance. And they've just gone straight performance. I don't think they care about looks and performance that much anymore. Like the Kyrie shoe to me looks amazing. Um, I like the, I like the LeBron a lot this year. He's kind of calmed down from where he was trying to go um, and gotten back to a casual sneaker that can be worn on the, on the court or uh, in jeans. But KD, man, I mean, he's just been so removed from the game for such a long time. I think it's kind of hard for that to connect, but hopefully with the 14, we'll see, you know, some good things with it. So, you know, they don't look. They do not look good at all. I think I. I feel like his best looking shoe was probably the four. Well, it was definitely the four. Uh, I would say the four, and I would say the four and the seven. The sixes yeah. aren't bad either. I mean, they're okay. I like the tens to play ball in, but aside from that, yeah. Yeah. Hard pat. Hard a bunch of issues. They're not bad at all. No, definitely. But um, thanks. Let's get into the. You want you want to get into the first topic? Sure, go ahead. So the, uh, the uh, elephant of the the elephant of the room, the one that makes all these fucking two K fanboys that we talk about often. I'm gonna try not to cuss on this platform a lot because we do want to sell this to kids because we want y'all, in the words of the great Hoops and Brews podcast, to watch more basketball. A lot of people are in the uproar, so to speak, about this trade that happened earlier today. It was rumored since the start of the season that a one James Harding that played for the Houston Rockets before he got smashed by the second greatest player of all time, phrasing when I say that, LeBron James, and decided, you know what? He went on to go on a shoot interview saying that we're not there, we can't compete with the Lakers. Well, the Half of the NBA should be saying that as well, but that's another story. Uh, so, of course, a Woj bomb happened earlier. A trade between hold a three-way trade. Before you announce this trade, it's only appropriate that I play this sound effect. Fucking submarine. Was that a submarine afterwards? No, nah, that, that was the fun flex bomb. <laughs> Look at submarine afterwards. But a three-way trade that happened earlier between the Nets, the Rockets, and as well as the Cavs. Oh, yeah, and then the Pacers as well. And they sent a one Victor Oladipo, a.k.a. uh, R&B, part-time to the Houston Rockets. And the trade that sent – I don't have everybody in front of me. James Harden – Go ahead, give us yeah, the trade details, bro. Nah, you, you, you're the first man, so you got to leave it in, but I got you. So, full trade details per Shams and Woj themselves. They both gave it the same tweets, but I'll read it. 
Um, okay, so the Brooklyn Nets get James Harden. The Rockets get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rue, I forgot, uh, Cruz. I forgot his first name. I'm sorry. Three Brooklyn first-rounders, a Milwaukee first, and four Brooklyn first-round sw- first swaps. Mind you, those picks are unprotected. The Pacers get Karis LeVert and a second-rounder. The Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Okay. <laughs> I had to do it again. <laughs> That's how I found No, you New York, so you're going to go OD with that bomb. I already know. No, no, no. I'm sure. I got one more left, but we'll see. But um, yeah, those that is the trade. That's the actually those are the full trade details. Um, since you know, since you since you the guest, Earl, how you about the trade? Um, I'll start from the top. Um, I think that it was at best a linear move for the Nets. At best. I think it was a great move for the Rockets because of what they got in return that didn't even come from the Nets. And I think it was a great move for the Cavs. And I think it worked out well for uh, for the Pacers. I don't think any team except for the Nets potentially got worse. So, all right, let's look at this. Um, Jared Allen is a 22-year-old center now paired with uh, Colin Sexton and um, Darius Garland. That's a nice, formidable uh, young team that you can build uh, because uh, Colin Sexton is definitely showing some promise this year. And Jared Allen, we know that he should have been, you know, the main center in, in uh, not Jersey. I don't know why it's been years and I still would have called him Jersey. Uh, he's, been the main, he's been the main, who should have been the main center, uh, the starting center in Brooklyn. Um, but of course, legacy acts kind of get that from time to time. You look at the idea of Karis LeVert now being paired up with um, with uh, Sabonis, uh, uh, Sabonis and, and, Brogdon. and Brogdon. It works out very well for the Pacers, and then it, it, that's a fast backcourt for the Rockets with John Wall and Victor Oladipo. The the, the question that I have here is the Nets. Was it worth it? You gutted most of your production of your team to get a guy, and that makes you very front heavy. But I don't necessarily know that you got better as a team. I'll be honest. Um, on on two K, this is amazing. I just don't know that this is amazing in real time. Do I think they're going to win the East? Yeah, more than likely. I think it makes it a little tougher for uh for the Bucks, but to be honest, the Bucks are deeper now this year than they have been. Um I'm just I'm just not afraid of the Nets like I were before. I'm I'm just not. There's something about this trade and what they gave up. Again, Cash Levert, um Jared Allen, um Dinwiddie's out for the year. And then you bring back Harden, who yes, we know Harden's an MVP player, but I just don't know if you if if you strengthen your weaknesses by going to get Harden. Yeah, that's a that's a valid point. Um, I think with the Nets, you know, what this trade really reminds me of maybe this is a Nick fan PTSD. Reminds me of the Bubble trade a little bit. Um, is it is it gonna be worth it? Because now, 
with the, you know, you got to remember the Nets kind of gutted away, gutted some of their depth for this trade. Mind you, some of those players did help make the help helped the Nets get to the playoffs without Kyrie or KD. Then you're getting James Harden, and to be honest, this shortens their window to at most three years, maybe. And they don't win, you know, and I'm being nice here because most people are like, bro, they better win in the next two. But I'm trying to be generous here and say three. But this shortens the Rockets, I mean, the Nets window, um, at least two years. I mean, you would say three to five for KD and Kyrie, you know, they're going to get one or two or three out of that. But now that you traded away a good amount of that for James Harden and you traded away your future, you traded away damn near eight picks for this guy. I mean, three or seven picks, three Brooklyn first rounders, four swaps. You're trading away a lot. You're trading away a lot of James Harden. And I mean, is he going to show up? You know, I think I think he could do really well because for you know, this this offense is very uh run TMC Don Nelson-ish where anybody can bring up the ball and I think he could could he could contribute. You know, if he gets the, you know, if, you know, if everything works out. But I kind of think nobody really lost this trade. I mean, not yet. I mean, we'll you know we'll really find out in the next two to three years. But I think the Nets, you know, the Nets got Harden, who's you know as much as we joke about him and talk about him, he is regardless. He is still one of the most prolific scorers ever, and is a hell of an offensive player. The Rockets get Oladipo, who actually you know, even though he wanted to leave Indiana, he was the subject of trade rumors for damn near the whole offseason for last year too. And granted, he was hurt. He's come back and he's kind of he's kind of been getting his bearings back and has played pretty solid. You know, Exum, unfortunately, you know, he's kind of been, you know, traded around because, you know, he couldn't really stay healthy in Utah. And then he got he kept getting hurt again in Cleveland. Um, I mean, Karuch is a is a solid bench player. You get those all of those picks, you know, so you have draft capital for the next five to seven years. I mean, the Pacers, Karis LeVert is a great help, is a great addition for Malcolm Brogdon and, you know, for Malcolm Brogdon and Sabonis. You know, Brogdon is a great player. You know, now he doesn't have to uh, shoulder the scoring load as much because now you have Karis to score. Um, And then with the Cavs, I mean, Torian Prince is cool, I guess, but I feel I actually feel for Jared Allen, man. That's so fucking unfair, man. Free Jared Allen, bro. And he was about to be a restricted free agent, and yes – you know, would he have got to go with Brooklyn? I'm not sure. I mean, if I'm Cleveland, if I'm Jared Allen and I'm in Cleveland, I mean, depending on how this year goes, in the offseason, if it doesn't go well, I'm saying, listen, I'm getting – I want one year and I'm getting the fuck out of here. That's a, that's exactly what I'm telling uh, Cleveland from Jared Allen, you know, just to get some money, you know, just so he could get his contract. But, I mean, all in all, I know the most – more more of the question marks are going to be on Brooklyn. But I think this is a good trade for the Rockets. And it's crazy, you know, you would have thought the the wild part about this trade is you would think the Rockets had no leverage in this trade. I was thinking the Nets were going to fleece them. And the Rockets kind of got a really good return. I mean, now Steven Silas doesn't have to worry about this James Harden stuff. You know, unfortunately, he had to deal with that in his first 10 games as a coach in his first summer offseason. Has to de- had to deal with this whole James Harden hoopla, but now now that Harden is gone, he can finally coach, you know, and not have to worry about you know this whole Harden situation off the court. 
you know, now you have John Wall who's playing really well. You know, hopefully Boogie could turn, you know, Boogie could be more con- more um consistent. And you have Victor Oladipo, who yes, he's in a contract here, but he's played he's been he's been playing pretty solid so far. So it's too early to tell who won and lost, but off initial thought, I kind of feel like everybody kind of everybody's benefited from this. The biggest question mark though is going to be the Nets because all they got is James Harden. They didn't get a younger player. And if I the only grab I would have to say in regards to young players, I thought the Rockets would get a young, you know, Karutz doesn't really shake this trade. I thought, you know, they were gonna try to do like what uh the Clippers did with uh what the OKC did with Paul George and get like how OKC got Shea. I thought the Rockets were gonna try to do that with the Nets. But Oladipo, you know, Oladipo and you know a solid bench player if he's healthy and Exum and Karutz if he I don't know if he's gonna play really play but seven seven pick seven to eight picks in Victor Oladipo isn't a, isn't a bad return for the Rockets. No, I absolutely agree. Uh, a couple of things. One, it's only one basketball on the floor. You got somebody that last year, being James Harden, averaged 35.4 points a game. Now he's averaging 24.3, 10.2 assists. Uh, Kevin Durant is 28 right now. Kyrie Irving is whatever he feels like it, but it's usually 21 right now. Apparently, he's drinking green tea and on Zoom calls uh, with bracelets on. So that's his passion right now. Uh I think it's a win, like you said, for all teams involved. I think the Rockets still have a chance to make the playoffs, and I think they probably could, but I'll have to make a reassessment of the actual roster and then look at everybody else. Uh, Other than that, you know, you two gave the great breakdown and everything, so I'll just say this, and this is where I wanted to go with it originally. It seems to be every time LeBron wins a championship, it's always something in tow. Whether it be some sort of criticism that, you know, maybe, you know, he got an easy championship from 2012, 2013. Then you get to 2016, it's always something. Now you had something that happened this year when they said they was in the bubble and it's easy. But every single time he wins a championship, it seems like everybody's like, bet, let us retool our whole entire roster let's stack our roster over to try to i wouldn't say it's a conspiracy against him or try to beat him but it seems to be every time it happens and then we have these people that go ahead and say well he's always asking for help but yet he had his best team arguably this past season that he's ever had where he had a prelim where he i ain't gonna i ain't gonna embarrass myself so i ain't gonna say that word but he basically had uh, a consistent all-star and future Hall of Fame player being AD. Even though he's had a Kevin Love before, he's had a Kyrie Irving when he was a, a, a little less crazy, when he was just, you know, on that voyage to being a flat earther. But then he then had an AD last year. He had a Kevin Love. Otherwise, in that, the only other Hall of Famers I can think of is Chris Brosh and of course D Wade, and that was an older D Wade that was averaging about twenty two, right? Then, yeah, Chris Bosch. So and, and and to piggyback off you, Banks, like the crazy part is, 
he's never really had a top five player in their prime ever. But people mm-hmm. act like he plays with a stack. They're like, yeah, D-Wade was a top five player that first year with the Heat that they lost. But mm-hmm. after that, oh, no. Oh, no. Right, absolutely. So it's just one of those things where if I can remember 2012, 2013 year, I think D-Wade needs to just shot, and he only averaged about 20, maybe 21 at the most that season. So, you know, not to be long-winded about this, it just seems to be every time he wins, this happens. And then, you know, 2016, Kevin Durant partnered up with three Hall of Famers uh, and stayed there until last year, 2019, I should say. And then now he's on a team with, you know, James Harden, who was definitely a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest scorers of all time. But, you know, otherwise than that, you know, I'm not going to give a whole analyst because y'all did a great, great deal of breaking that down. But for the most part, they, they do need a rim protector. And maybe they get JaVale McGee when they clear him off or if he's let go by the Cavs and they pick him up. But they definitely need another rim protector. Well, definitely. Um, they need a rim. They need a, a rebounder, a blocker. Um, most definitely. And they also need a defender, you know, uh, uh, you know, like a, a two or three guard that can defend. And um, it's going to be interesting to see what what uh, Sean Marks does following that. Maybe he gets a guy that's, you know, with a player exception. Maybe you get somebody with a trade, somebody who gets released. Like, if I'm him, I would kind of monitor, like, um, I know he's hurt, but like Trevor Reza from OKC. You know, a guy who can shoot the three and defend. And, yes, he's not the, you know, the, the shiniest the sharpest tool, you know, oh, my God, 3 and D and, you know, falling over him. But, you know, Trevor Ariza has put up solid numbers and has shown that he can contribute. So, like, they should be looking at, you know, guys like Trevor, like, you know, guys from Trevor Ariza fold who could, you know, defend and make a shot when they're open. So, I think that's going to – they definitely need that and they need a, uh, another rebounder. Even though they have the, the young dudes – um, what's my man's name? Uh, Reggie Perry and Claxton. I still think it doesn't hurt to get a, you know, and Claxton – I think it's been hurt, but I don't think it hurts to get, you know, to get another solid rebounder and defender, big man as well. Yeah, no, I agree with what y'all saying. I mean, I think right now the main thing is um, this. I still am not 100% sold that this just put Brooklyn over the top as if, you know, uh, the Bucks aren't there, as if Philly is not there. I I just don't know, man. That's giving up a lot of size, and it's giving up a lot of uh, versatility. I just don't necessarily know. I, I got to really see it two months in. Definitely, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, you know, unfortunately, with how, you know, everything works today, like, over social media and, like, on Clubhouse, just people talking, they're, like, speculating all this shit. I'm like, fam, like, James Harden hasn't even put on a black and white shooting shirt yet. Like, I know it's good to – you just speculate, you know, how he can contribute, but you can't – I can't make an assumption and a, or make a prediction when the work – you know, uh, ironically enough, like, the title of this podcast, the work has not been shown yet. Now, if you give me 30 to 35 games and he's playing like dog shit and they, they you know, they struggle to a, 
I don't know, a 15 and 20 record, then you know what? Maybe this trade wasn't supposed to be what it's supposed to be. But, you know, considering everything with James Harden's situation, considering how this trade went, how how much of a how pacely this trade you know, this trade was made of such a haste. I mean, damn near, he was a, he was about to go to Philly. And then, because he didn't go to Philly just because, you know, they didn't offer Tyrese Maxey, which is what Houston wanted to do. Do you really think this trade went that hasty? I think this trade was brewing for some time now. The I only reason it, I say it is because it how many, yeah, like how many other teams were involved with it that got their problems off so quick? Like Vic, Ben wanting out of, uh, out of um, uh, Indy, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like, there was just a lot of things that other teams needed addressed that I don't know if this was so quick. I think it was one right. of the two. And I think the other teams, regardless if he was traded to Philly or traded to Brooklyn, were going to be involved regardless because it's like, oh, shoot, let's get this off. Right. Um, now, I do have a question, though. Do you think – do you think this – honestly, and I, I think I've kind of – I may ironically answer my own question. Do you think this trade would have been better received had it happened before the season started? Absolutely. Or not better received, but do you think this trade would have worked? We would have had a much – it just would have worked out more. You know, they Absolutely. Much yeah. Absolutely. I, I think when you look at – um, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's just weird. Like, it was like 10 games in. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to make the trade. It's like, wait, what, wait, you know? I mean, we saw – what did we see? Iverson traded to uh, Detroit about 10 games in. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, I want to say it was around. I know it was for sure the first quarter of the season. Um. Yeah. We, we've seen these kind of things happen, but it would have looked better had it happened in the offseason. I think the issue is when you look at the timing of when the season stopped versus when the season started, technically it was a late summer trade as far as time block. Uh, like, 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 okay, had the season ended in June, this would have been a early September trade. You get what I'm saying? Just, just from when the uh, season ended, yeah. uh, as far as ending it in, in the middle of October to the trade happening right at the top of the new year. So, yeah, they just had less time to work. But I also think, you know, Harden being an MVP player and making a brat of himself out of the way to get out of Houston, we really have to talk about, and nobody has these conversations, Harden has been through now three superstars, and every time it's somebody else but him. You had Dwight mm-hmm. after his back injury was healed. He was still a 17 and 13 guy. You had Chris Paul, and you couldn't make it happen with Russ. The common denominator is you, but it's never your fault. I mean, yeah. Never yeah. your fault. Mike D'Antoni was helping him with that one. I'll tell you. There, it is never your fault. The best we ever saw you play ball was when you had um, had uh, Kevin Parsons on your team. <laughs> and, and not, and not even the best. The most championship-ready ball that we saw you play was with um, Kevin McHale as your coach. Yeah. Um, and then the game seven, and you played your way out of that game. In 2017, I want to say that was? 17 what, or 18. 20- the, 27 the, the 27th straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, yeah. it was 2017 or 18. Yeah. We saw you play your way out of the game. This year, you just don't want to play. And there's things that could be happening on the job that we don't know. Because at the end of the day, it is still a job. But, you know, I don't know, man. I just don't see that accountability and leadership from, uh, from Kevin Durant. And, I mean, honestly, we talking about a, a team now made up of higher guns. Kyrie. Yeah. 
is a hired gun. KD, a hired gun. And now Harden, a hired gun. I just don't know what this is going to be, but we'll see. Yeah, I think we we I think we just have you know really have to wait and see. I mean, I, I don't I don't know about this trade for for the Nets. I mean, for everybody else, it's kind of like all right, cool. You know, this helps the Pacers immediately, the Rockets it'll help in the long you know immediately and in the long run. But with the Nets, it's like I don't know. I mean, you know what? It is funny though. I'm glad that we get the uh, uh, the uh, what's the meme? What's the meme with a uh, Harden and Durant? Shit, I gotta look for it. Uh, I just had it. Up. I'm about the one with um, the pizza rolls or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we somebody, yeah, somebody got to Photoshop them in that jerseys, and then with them with the same mom made pizza rolls. About to name this podcast that mom made pizza rolls part two. <laughs> <laughs> If you're a grown man eating pizza rolls, uh, please stop and check on your health. <laughs> but hey, man, I, it's gonna be interesting. I just we'll see what happens. What once Kyrie comes back from his, you know, his mental health break. You no, know, his hot girl, his hot girl winter trip that he's on right now. Hey, listen, man. I just you know what it is. I don't understand. The amount of people like, oh my God, it's the media, and you're supposed to show up, and it's like, fam. Listen, I and you know, granted, do I think he the way he went about it was cool? No. Do I think he should have told Steve Nash as soon as he did? Yes. But you know what, bro? Listen, as long you know, uh, fortunately, I feel bad for Jared Allen because he gave a great interview saying, "Listen, man, Kyrie told us what's up. We know what's up. Steve Nash knows what's up. The organization knows what's up." When he's ready to tell y'all, he's ready to tell you. But aside from that, he's all right. And he gets traded to Cleveland. But that's, you know, as much as I'm not a fan of how Kyrie went about it, granted, like, you know, we all have our mental health issues and our situations at times. But listen, as long as the as long as his team knows and his coach knows, even though he didn't know in the first place, that's all that matters, bro. You know? Because then, you know, these, like, these, you know, these, 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 like, reporters and the media, man, like, and, like, what, like, bro, listen, I'm going to say this now, and I have, I have said this in the sports rooms that I, that we've been in, like, and I've discussed it with my sports group on Clubhouse. Listen, where would Wob is the feds, bro? Because he be doing some weirdo stuff on Twitter, talking about, like, he goes on Reddit and they find out Kyrie's been partying and he want to snitch. Where Wob is the feds? These media, these people in the media, you know, tweeting about Kyrie Irving making damn uh, Terminator movie, MCU movie plots about what what's going on with Kyrie and wh- why he hasn't showed up to a game in a week, and like it's getting out of hand. Listen, at the end of the day, the Nets players know what's up. See, Nationals what's up, and that's all that matters. You should shut up, mind your business. And as much as we don't like that to happen, it happened, and we'll wait to see when Kyrie comes back and apologizes. And he makes a post on Instagram with a Griselle to be playing in the background, talking about what happened. But until then, we should just do nothing but just sit and wait. Absolutely. I agree with that. All right. Uh, so you want to introduce this about Francisco Lidoro to the, your New York Mets? Um, uh, let's get it. I mean, do you want to? Oh, boy. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. I yeah, listen. You know how you know how. Uh, when I saw that trade, when I seen that trade, bruh, 
I was I was wilding. I was like, wait, is it not? Nah, this can't be real, bro. This can't be real. And in my mind, you know what played? That's what I heard when I seen that trade go through my phone. But um, yeah, Francisco Lindor is going to the Mets from Cleveland. Uh, the Mets get uh, Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco. And the Mets traded uh, Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, and then two prospects in Josh Wolf and Isaiah Green, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's the, that's how, that is the trade. Um, this can be on the Mookie Betts Dodgers level of trades for the Mets. Um, I mean, Lindor is a talent. He's been playing. He's played five years. He's played well all five years. Um, has been a great clubhouse leader has been nothing more nothing short of a consummate professional on the field and off the field um the kick a hit the kick a field he could do it all and uh you know unfortunately the mlb is swaggerless and doesn't know how to market people because if they did he would be one of the more marketable superstars because he's just he's always smiling playing baseball and i mean hey that's what matters but granted he goes to a big market he's going to a team that is you know, I'm not going to say this. I would like to say this because I'm a Mets fan and talk cash shit, but I'm not going to. I'm going to be, I'm going to try to be subjective as possible. It is a very good team. Um, now, this may be in a couple of years. I'm not going to say this now, but in a couple of years, this may be as big as the Mike Piazza trade when the Mets got it from the Dodgers. Oh, well, the Marlins, because they only played one game with the Marlins, then got traded. This could be the Gary Carter trade. This could be one of those types of trades where. A franchise changing trade where you know you may you know win a championship and just be a perennial contender all these years. You know the Mets have the pitching. You know, granted, Lindor is a great option in this stuff because we have the money to sign to a long term extension, just like uh, the Dodgers did with Mookie Betts as soon as they traded for him. And with Carrasco, I mean, Carrasco is a solid number two, number three starter in a starting rotation, and his contract is very team friendly. I mean, he's only making twelve. I think he has a, he signed a three year. $38 million deal, if I remember correctly. Yeah, three is $38 million. So, you know, for the value, he's a great pitcher. Um, He always has – he's had good stuff, always has been consistent. I mean, you know, he had a – he had the year where he actually did have um cancer, but cancer, but he came back like nothing happened and, you know, put up his num- – you know, pissed his numbers like he always does. So, if healthy – if Syndergaard comes back, this is a really good rotation. I mean, they got DeGrom, who's the best pitcher in baseball. You got, you know, Stroman, you got Carrasco, you got, um, you know, Thor when he comes back in June or July. And then with the fifth option, it depends. I mean, if Mats could, if Steven Mats could be consistent, you get Steven Mats. If not, the Mets could get, you know, a solid guy for nine, 10 million who could be a great, you know, bottom of the rotation innings eater. I mean, listen, bro, I'm talking cash shit, man. I could finally do it for once as a Mets fan. The Mets are looking good. You know, we got an owner that wants to that is not only a fan of the team, but wants to spend the money to make them a great team. And this helps them, this helps their chances of making a world getting a World Series even better. I mean, in the next three years, you know, he said a five, three to five year window, but they could get one in the next year to three if they make the right signings and hopefully everybody stays healthy. Uh, I agree with that. Uh I've seen a couple of trades, I'll be honest with you too. And everybody that's listening, I haven't checked in on most of the trades, even though I am an MLB guy. I'm not huge on baseball as I once was when I was a kid, but I still watch. And mainly because my pain comes from 
the Angels. I've been a diehard Angels fan since I was a kid, just like the Cowboys, and I might have to yeah. let both of those narcotics go. But kill. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, I, man. I'm sorry. So I y'all y'all laugh at my pain, like I always say. I keep doing this to myself. It's all right, man. I'm a Mets fan. I know how this feels. Right. So I haven't really uh looked at the trade. So thank you for breaking it down. Francisco numbers. Let me see if I can pull it up or do you got it in front of you right now? Um, I think I I just had them on me. Hold on. I'll tell I'll get them right now. I know that fastball that he has i saw something earlier i think it was on his uh his ig or i saw it on twitter like bruh i it i don't know what to say about how he flings the ball it's an art to it like i'm i'm getting very nerdy when it comes yeah. to pitching but he just it is it's one of the things where it's fundamental but it looked cool when he did it. It's like he flung his wrist a certain way, and it seemed like he right. threw like an 80 mile per ball, just flinging his wrist in a weird way, or not even a weird way, yeah. just shooting it a, a sort of way. So I was just like, no, nah, he, could, he could do it all, bro. He could field and he could field and he could hit. Um, he was the rookie of the year in 2015. Um, he's a four time All Star, uh, two time Gold Glover. Um, and he had the two-time silver slugger too. I mean, he's. I mean, for his career, his career stats going into this year, he is. Uh, he's. He's a two hundred. He's a two eighty-five uh, career batting average in his first in his five years in the league. Um, he had two fifty-eight last year. I mean, and he plays. I mean, every you know, twenty nineteen he played one hundred forty-three games, but twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen he basically played. He basically played all year. He played one hundred fifty-eight, one fifty-nine, and one fifty-eight. And last year, out of the available games, he played. He played sixty. So, he's always on the field. He could hit. He could. He could field. I mean, he the the kick up do everything. You know. So, the thing is, he's only twenty seven years old as well. Exactly. So he's only his. He's only in his fifth year. He's twenty seven. He's gonna get that contract. Like he's he's getting two fifty to three hundred million easy. Hopefully, it's the Mets because I mean, Cohen, Steve Cohen. I'm glad we finally have an owner that wants to spend money and is not uh, didn't get financed by fucking Bernie Madoff, and I'm so glad. I am so glad that our owners are not a Rod and J Lo, bro. Yeah, and, what happened with that oh, sale? Because they were trying to get oh, the partners for it, but what happened? Did it fall out? All right. So what had happened was, um, they did a bidding process because the team owners beforehand were the uh, the Wilpon brothers. Jeff and Fred Wilpon, who are both idiots, and then uh, I think it's Jeff's brother-in-law. One one of the his name is Saul Katz. He's married to one of their sisters. One of the one of their sisters. Um, so when they were doing the bidding process, he tried to bid on it last year, but his company got into it. His company had a case with the SEC, um, because he works like with trading, and it was like a fraud case, but it was an internal thing. They took care of it. You know, he paid the fine. They fired the person. Like, they, they did, you know, they did the necessary procedures to, you know, clean up their mess. So they were trying to use that against them. Like, oh, well, this guy, he may be doing fraud. You know, we got finessed. Because the, the Wilpons gave money to Bernie Madoff, and they got finessed. And that's why they couldn't buy any players for the last 10 to 15 years. That's why they were being cheap as hell. So 
when it came to the bidding process, you know, the Mets tried to use that against them. And low key, the brothers, the Wilpon brothers, were trying to like basically leverage the sale to A Rod and J Lo. Like they were trying to fix the sale. Like not no funny, like no lie. They were trying to like deliberately give them the team. Cause it was A Rod and J Lo. It was the um it was another team that was another ownership group led by the guy who founded Vitamin Water, who's from Queens as well, I think. And then another one, it was the guys who own, I think it's the New Jersey Devils. And another group that owns the Florida Panthers or something like that. It was it was two ownership groups that also owned other teams. So then when Cohen came, Cohen had the bread. Because Cohen was like, yo, I got the money. Like, I want to buy this team. He grew up a Mets fan. Like, he's a diehard Mets fan. Like, you know, he he he's one, he's that type of owner that you want that is not only Yes, he has the money, but he's also a fan of the team and loves the team dearly. Like he's hasn't expressed it enough. So they were trying to get they were trying to basically they would the Wilpons were basically trying to get the sale to go to A-Rod and J Lo. And then Saul Katz, who like I said, is the co-owner who owns 25% of the team, told them, Bro, I thought y'all wanted the like, what are y'all doing? Like y'all really trying to give A-Rod and J Lo this group when yo, this guy's giving us the bread. This guy's giving us two point, you know, this guy's giving us a couple billion dollars, like, bro, I thought y'all wanted the money, right? A-Rod and Jalen not giving us enough money. Like, just, bro, get sell the team. You you know, bro, it's not our team anymore. Let's, you know, basically he told them, bro, let's get our money, get the fuck out. Which he made the right move. And that's why we are where we are today. But, you know, he could have, Cohen could have gotten the team last year, but you know, with his with his with his trading company and the situation that was going on with that, they tried to use that against him. They tried to say like Bill De Blasio could, could like veto the sale and say like, oh well, because he's in New York, like, you know, we don't, you know, he may have another white collar thing happen on Wall Street, and we don't want we don't want that happening again. But you know, all in all, despite all those roadblocks and despite them basically trying to not sell him the team, he got the team, and uh, I can't be any happier. All I'm thinking about is if J-Lo would have had, you know, a partnership with that team, would they change the Met colors to green and they got to wear that dress? Because I'm so damn tired of seeing that damn green dress she's been wearing for like 30 years now. <laughs> that is hilarious. Bro, yeah. um, she, she be trying to wear that dress every two years. Like, that's like, fam, okay, we know you wore the 2000. We got it. Fam. Somebody got to let her know. Uh, well, Nelson, I will say, uh, welcome to the big leagues. Congratulations on getting the owner who wants to spend money to compete, uh, make moves to compete. You know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I'm scared of the Mets. You know, me obviously, I, without giving more hints, I am a avid Yankees fan, but not a bandwagon Yankees fan. Uh, Gary Sheffield is my favorite player of all time, so you know, it's, it's from those days. But with that being said, um, I, I'm ecstatic that competitive baseball is in two places at one in New York City. Shout out to my guy Jake Degrom. Um, you know, uh, old old uh, old old teammate from back in the day. Uh, definitely doing his thing. Still crazy that he's uh, playing baseball at all because he was a hooper. Um, yeah, Jake, and he was yeah, a, Jake, and he played shortstop too. Yeah, Jake was not a baseball player. When I say Jake was a hooper, Jake was a hooper. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, uh, 
what I what I will say is I think you all need to extend him as soon as possible. They need to extend yeah. that contract now. Lock him in. Lock Francisco Lenore in for 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 as many years as possible. Um, and the best thing that's going to keep your team competitive because eventually you're going to have to pay Degrom again. And you know, there's just other pieces that you're going to have to try to attract. Um, the guard and Strowman, too. Yeah, I and think Conforto. this move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think this move makes the the uh, the I was about to say the Nets the Mets an attractive landing place again. It does. I think moves like this make the Mets an attractive place because show that they're serious about competing and they're serious about making the moves and paying the money. Of course, we're assuming that they're going to extend them, paying the money that it's going to take to compete. So I think if you're a free agent, you can rest assured knowing that they want to get back to Subway Series ball. They want to get back to competitive ball and get back to really trying to win the NL East. Because, I mean, shoot, Washington just won in the in the last few years. You got Atlanta, who looks like they're going to dominate. And, I mean, shoot, they need a one-two combo. And let's not also forget the Marlins look good as well. That's a very – decently uh heavily weighted division in baseball definitely so you know the Mets got to do something to be competitive I, I I think that they're trying to make themselves um in the and maybe not necessarily in the AL East but at the same time something in that nature where you could have three four teams make well three teams make the playoffs they're trying to do that so yeah in that division with all those young bats and all those uh, great young pitchers that they got in that division, plus you got the crosstown rivalry with the Yankees. Yeah, I don't think the Mets are here to uh, here to here to play around. Hey, you know, I love you did not mention the Phillies. That is absolutely hilarious, considering they. Oh Bryce yeah, I, I mean, I guess they have Bryce. I guess they got Bryce Harper. Fuck but but I'm, I'm talking about guys that made the playoffs in the last few. Of like, course. We talking about playoff threats here, not. You not, know what's so funny sure. too? You know what's hilarious? The Mets, right? Like when we talk about pitches, first of all, thank you to the Phillies for overpaying for Zach Wheeler. We appreciate that. Um, because everybody talked about Zach Wheeler and Matt Harvey, and guess who was the one out of when the when the when the Mets farm system was the highly touted Mets farm system? Because it it kind of has taken a hit. Um, because Brody Van Wagenen decided to trade uh, every prospect for for Robinson. Fucking oh my fucking god, I'm still mad about that trade. He traded Kalen for Robinson Cano. Um, but I'm digressing, but the fact that like Zach Wheeler and Matt Harvey were talked about so much more than Jacob DeGrom and guess who it happens to be the best pitcher in baseball is pretty crazy. Oh, it's, it, it, it's Jacob DeGrom and it, it's far yeah. and wide Jacob DeGrom. I think, uh, you could say that, uh, that, uh, Garrett Cole is probably number two, a solid number two. And that's not with a bias. That's just, I genuinely feel nah, he definitely. is. I just um, mean amongst the Mets farm system, definitely. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, at absolutely. the time, because that's when, like, the Grom was there. We had Nimmo, Conforto, like, the, Don Smith was still, like, mm-hmm. going back and forth. Like, our farm system was crazy. And the thing to it, what I love is that we traded – um, we got we got the best shortstop in baseball and a very solid number two, number three starter and did not have to give up our top seven prospects. Like <laughs> – we still the Mets still have the top their top you know their top seven prospects. You know Josh Wolf, I mean, and Isaiah Green. Even though Isaiah Green is young, I think he's only nineteen, and he was our first round pick this year. Granted, right. Josh Wolf could they you know they both have great upside, but 
the fact that we didn't have to give up any of our top seven prospects, any of the top seven prospects in our farm system, we gave up two guys who are probably not going to get into the major league, are not going to make the show for another three or four years. And I mean, granted, I want, I was hoping we kept one of Rosario or Jimenez, but Rosario was great. And yes, he would, you know, especially him too in that farm system, he was the top 10 prospect for forever. I mean, he kind of, he kind of had the same trajectory as Jose Reyes where the Mets signed them from DR from the Dominican Republic at 16. You know, he develops in the system and is a highly touted prospect. Granted, Rosario showed his signs of how great he could be in the second half of last year. Before, you know, when the Mets made that crazy push and almost made the playoffs. But he was inconsistent this year. He has been inconsistent for the most part of his career. And Jimenez is kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none with the way he plays. So as much as I wanted him to keep one of them, I'm glad we didn't have to trade, like, you know, a Dom Smith or a Conforto or any, like I said, you know, the top, our top after the prospect with P. Crow Armstrong or anybody like that. But I think the net, I think the Mets, they're gonna, I think they're gonna extend the door early because you're definitely right. That, that, um, that, uh, that extension is vital, I think, though, because I did um, read into like what they're trying to do next. They want to stay under the luxury tax for this year, they're gonna hit the luxury tax definitely over the luxury tax in the next year or two. But I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get who they can get in the offseason. Like, they still want to get George Springer, even though this Lindor trade kind of knocked them out of the, the uh, Trevor Bauer signing, signing uh, you know, race to sign Trevor Bauer. I think they should just go for, like, a Corey Kluber, even though he's 34, you get him for a year or two. Or get a pit, you know, get, you know, Masahiro Tanaka still on the market. I don't think they're going to get Odorizzi, Jake Odorizzi, even though he would be a solid contributor. Um but I think they do need a, they need another starting pitcher, you know that you know maybe for low value, and I'm still going. I would still go for George Springer. I mean, I don't you know I think 150 to me is too much for him. If you get him for 100 to 125, I would go for it. You know maybe do like a three year you know like a you know a, a three year four year deal for that 100 to 120 range, but um. I think they're not done. They still need to sign another player or two with the money they have. And I think they're going to do that first and then have Lindor. They know they have Lindor for this year for sure. And that's good. That's great. But I really, if I'm the Mets, I'm kind of wanting, I'm kind of focusing on getting what I need to get. And then after that, you know, we talk to, you know, we you talk to Lindor and lock him up. But it's going to be an interesting debate for them. Because in the next couple of years, like I said before, you have to, you know, you know, Thor's contract, you know, Syndergaard's contract is coming up. Conforto's contract is coming up. Um, I'm trying to think who else. You know, you know, Dom, you know, you're going to have to keep Dom Smith, Pete Alonso. You know, now there's that debate. Does the NL keep DH? And, you know, how do you find playing top of Dom Smith and Pete Alonso? But, you know, overall, this is a great trade. I think this is a great trade for both teams because, you know, the Indians wanted to shed 45, you know, money off their payroll and they did that with just trading Carrasco and Lindor. You know, you get Jimenez, who's a solid guy for now, and Rosario, if he stays consistent, could be a solid pickup for Cleveland. And then you get two you get two prospects with uh with upside. So I mean I think it's a win-win with Cle I think it's a win-win for both teams. I don't know what Cle- Cleveland's doing, but you know, we're not gonna find out if they benefited from this trade for the next couple of years. And um, I mean, for the Mets, if the Mets sign Lindor, they won this trade. 
I mean, I think they won this trade regardless, but them locking him up, kind of like what the Dodgers did with Mookie Betts, is is what they need to do in order to, you know, really find out if he won the trade or not. Because like I said before, this is if the car, you know, if everything falls in there, you know, if the fortunes fall right for the Mets, this is as big as the Mike Piazza trade. This is as big as the Gary Carter trade in the 80s that got them to win that World Series in 86. You know, this is, you know, this is this is a trade of that magnitude for the Mets. And, you know, we'll find out. We'll find out this year what happens. Absolutely. And we'll definitely be talking more about uh, the MLB as we get closer to the season starting. Uh, moving on, we got the NBA. And I like how my co-host titled it, the NBA versus COVID-19. So let me use <laughs> Let me use this metaphor, all right? Because I've been saying it for the past couple of months yeah, now. Man. Listen, right now, COVID is Westbrook 2016-2017 season, but with a higher field goal percentage. So I'm going to give it about a Shaq field goal percentage of 56, yo. Because right now, as we speak, in this horrible country, COVID is putting up at least fucking 30, 20, and 20 a night. I how we're going right now. So as we speak right now, uh, two games got postponed. Uh, I'm currently watching it as we're recording. It's the Clippers versus the Pelicans, which I was looking forward to. Uh, Zion is not playing due to protocol that relates to COVID. Now, I think people just think when they hear that, that automatically the players have have COVID. But for the most part, it's just precautionary measures. Maybe they went out. And they're like, nah, you're supposed to sit wherever you're supposed to sit at. So uh, games are being postponed, in my opinion, before I let uh, my co-host and the guest star come on and talk about it. In my opinion, I don't know how long this lasts. Uh, you couldn't do the bubble again just because you got teams flying in and out. So how do you make that work? They are doing the smart way by letting very few people come into these arenas or if you in fucking fuck hole florida excuse me uh no disrespect to anybody that's in florida like jacksonville and currently where my brother earl is uh just because he's out there but i don't fuck with florida uh they're just letting people come to, to yeah they letting people come to magic games and i believe heat games but definitely they let people come to magic games but uh, so everybody else is kind of, or for the most part, I know with the Lakers being that it's in LA, they're not letting anybody in the Clippers. They're not letting anybody to the Staples Center. Uh, so gentlemen, in your opinion, uh, and I'm gonna give my, I don't see how the NBA season goes. It's going to take somebody to really get ill for them to be like, all right, we got to shut it down. But if that doesn't happen, maybe they don't shut down the season, but, uh, gentlemen, in European, how do you see this going? And I'll let uh, our guest Earl go first. I think the NBA is going to go just as planned. I, I, I think at this point, as a country, we have learned to live with this thing and live with the ramifications of this thing. Um, let's let's think of let's let's mention something that hasn't really been talked about a lot. This was going to happen regardless. And the reason it was going to happen regardless is because just like anywhere else in the country, this is post holiday season. So for the next, for well, probably the duration of the last 
uh, three weeks and maybe going into real uh, going into about February, into the middle of February, we're going to be seeing these ramifications of this traveling, these family get togethers and so on and so forth. So, you know, the NBA just has a platform that we hear from. So this is just a microscope, a microscope of what's going on in the country in general. Cases are going up everywhere. You know, if you're not careful, you know, you 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 could contract it. If you're not taking just what people seem as the most extreme precautions, it's possible. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not shocked by this. I don't think the NBA is necessarily handling this uh, irresponsibly, g- given the fact that they decided they were going to play without a bubble. Because, I mean, the bubble seemed like a good idea, but you ask a lot of those players, man, that bubble was hell in a lot of ways. And I know it may sound like some prima donna shit, but we think about it for real. You're away from your family. You're away from, uh, you know, your everyday life. And already on top of what we've been dealing with mentally with, with uh, this whole COVID situation, man, we're really talking about young 22 to 28 year old guys that are still finding themselves in life and don't have the discipline to say, you know what, for the greater good, I'll stay in. Like the reason that the Lakers probably haven't really had issues like that is because they're a more mature, older team. You haven't really heard anything coming out of the Spurs. If you look at where these things are happening, it's younger led team guys. Not to say in that overall it can't happen to anybody, but when you talk about the idea of going out, this, that, and the third, yeah, I'm not surprised at all how this is happening. So I just think that this is a spike uh, that's happening. But again, so these people get vaccinated. Those I know there's people that don't believe in the vaccine. That's cool. I think people have reason why not. That's a whole different conversation for a whole nother day. And I don't want to be too long winded, but until these vaccinations get uh circulatory in the NBA circle, I mean, we're just going to be dealing with it. And I mean, really in society overall. Absolutely. Uh, go ahead. Uh, and elaborate more if you want to, brother, uh, being who is original, my co-host. Yeah, uh, all right. So here's the thing. I, when, you know, this whole traveling thing, I understand the NBA lost all that bread and they trying to recoup their money back because, you know, they lost, what was it, like a billion, I think? Right, a billion or billion and uh, one point five billion or something like that. I know they they lost yeah, a lot of money. Oh, you got it correct. Uh, one point five billion, and oh. they would have had more money had that China deal not fall through. Right, so they trying to recoup the money. I I I get it, but at the end of the day, like I kind of was hoping they were gonna do something along the lines of the NHL, maybe where they would have done like a, a a East Coast and West Coast bubble. Which worked out well for hockey. I think what the I think what the hockey was, the East Coast bubble was Toronto and the West Coast bubble was Edmonton, I think, or Vancouver. I I honestly don't recall. And they're gonna do, I think they're pretty sure they're gonna do the same again um this year. But they could have done that. They could have done the smaller bubbles. You know, they could have done like divisional bubbles. They could have had an Atlantic division bubble, a Southeast division, you know, Southwest, Northwest, et cetera, et cetera. But the NBA lost lost you know lost the bread. They're trying to recoup that. They kind of weirdly scheduled their games like the like baseball, like with the MLB where guys were playing back, the teams were playing back to back, you know, playing the same team twice, you know, doing home and homes, et cetera, et cetera. But regardless, these guys are in their home cities, and yes, they're traveling or they're going to where they need to go. And 
it's bound to happen. You know, these guys either going to the supermarket or they're they're you know, their girls going to the supermarket or, you know, they're with their kids and their families are out and about and then they come home and it's like they're getting this. And I don't I, I feel like they wanted to, you know, they kind of had it in mind that they wanted to do the first half and see how this was going to work with traveling. And then maybe the second half of the season, if they do a lock, if they do a lockdown or things get ugly and they go, you know, then they go to the bubble. Right. I just don't. Uh, I, wait, so were you I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, brother. Uh, so in the case of the bubble, I did. They they ran that idea briefly about that about doing the bubble with the West Coast East Coast because originally when they were talking about bringing the season that they were really rushing to bring back because they lost revenue. I'm just glad that both of you, of course, that's why I'm recording with you because you both had the intelligence to know that this is all about money because that's what America yeah. is based on. Let me not get because you got Kyrie and your Abby. So let me not have my kufi on and get third eye. Nah, so guy, guy. Nah, you can put, nah, we I'm a, nah, you go, you can do it, you know, adjust the kufi nice and tight, bro, for when you when it's your time to go. Trust me, you got it, brother. No, nah, because um, you already know how I get, and then we, you know, we we trying to market this properly. So I can't go on the full time rate. Yeah. Hashtag capitalism. Yeah, so right. I can't go on with that. But it, it's in nah. fact true. It's just, you know, like like Earl said, it's just it's based on if you catch it, you catch it and you figure it out. Uh, if you really right. messed up, you don't, you can't go to the hospital now because of what's going on. So America is just based on, hey, just freestyle it uh, because you got to go work because God forbid if they gave us money monthly like these other countries have been getting a month to stay at home or you get things faster if you're on unemployment then you don't have to necessarily go out like that. But being that Americans are hard-headed, they want to go out and party. I've seen, you know, shouts out to that song that's going, that's trending, that y'all know about. Uh, apparently, a couple months ago when a girl performed it, it was in the basement with hundreds of people there. Uh, once again, that was a couple months ago, not two years ago when this song came out. Uh, so right now, I know they talked about the bubble. They were talking about having a bubble in Arizona, or LA and then having the East Coast games wherever they were going to have the East Coast games. If it comes to that, which it could be, it's got to be something drastic. Like I said, really because particularly how sports work, if your star player, let's say, God forbid, if LeBron were to get sick, who is still the biggest money maker for the NBA as we speak, I don't know if he leads in jersey sales, but he's still – D face. So when people talk about the best player, what are we talking about? If you're talking about on the floor, yes. If you're talking about overall for the league, yes. It's LeBron, Lamont James still. Uh, so it has to be something where, God forbid, if he gets sick real bad, then it's like, okay, we got to figure it out because he's making us money. But, you know, let's say if uh, – who can I use right now? That's like a 12th man. Let's just say, all right, if – I'm just off the top of the head. God forbid if uh, Joe Harris gets sick, he's like, eh, you know, just put him in quarantine, everything uh, be okay. So it's just where we at right now as a whole with this country. It's just based on, oh, you got sick, just go sit your ass in the room. And in the case, because we wrestling fans, we just seen what happened with Drew. It's kind of like, all right, go sit in the room until you better. And, of course, you take your medicine and everything like that. And then just come right back to work. Like, I don't think uh, a week or two weeks is good enough, my guy, even if the test says 
I negative. So right now where we at with it is just basically, okay, somebody was just out, cool, put them in the room, keep them away from each other. So it, it's definitely going to take a point to a player getting sick for them to really shut down the league because, you know, God forbid if a multi-billion dollar franchise or I'm sorry, if a multi-billion dollar company loses billions of dollars, one billion dollar, and then you got these owners who making billions of dollars off these black players, and the players only getting about $200 million, you know, it's just, oh, God, it's the end. So, you know, I just hate, on, on, a, on a side note, and I'll let y'all go, I just hate the fact when we talk about, or these people talk about how these players are making the excess amount of money and they need to be playing, these motherfuckers, I'm trying not to cuss, but these owners are making billions of dollars off these players. They ain't playing. They sitting at home with $1,000 suits on and just letting these players just run. So in the case of that man that's in your Abbey, I'm not the biggest fan of him far as his game. I think he he's a hell of a player, but I've just never been a Kyrie fan and because he played for Duke. So that's the biggest negative he had with, when it comes to me. Uh you know, when people talk about him not showing up and him being unprofessional, I'm playing a recreational sport, making millions of dollars. It ain't my fault they giving me millions of dollars to do this. And I just fall out of love with certain things. Maybe he's just not interested in playing right now. Now, I will say it's kind of irresponsible for him to be at a party without mask or him just being a party in general. But at how the state of America is right now, if I see other people at a party, you know what? Maybe this COVID thing ain't that bad. Maybe I'm going to go, hell, Mulatto have a party every day in Atlanta. So what does that tell you? People just don't care at this particular moment in this climate, in this fucked up country. And if you got to edit this, I'm sorry, bro, but they are some fucking idiots. And, and I mean that. And, and the reason I say is because, dog, you're putting people at risk for your own selfish ambitions dog like absolutely hypothetically right let's say i didn't give a dog on about nobody and i went to a party now i'm just running willy-nilly out you know what i'm saying and then i come next to you and get you sick and you have an underlying condition that gets explosives my recklessness in your you know saying caused you to go through what you're going through and that's wrong that's wrong as hell so like I'm sorry, bro, but uh, I I don't I don't feel bad for anybody. Uh, or let me not say I don't feel bad for anybody, but I, but I I just feel a way when people say certain things like, oh, it's not that bad. It's just fam. What this has done to hundreds of thousands of people, reportedly, and let's not even talk about what's unreported. We can't just take this as oh, it's just COVID. No, nah, it ain't that simple. So I just hope whatever platform we on, we can use to say that people need to take this thing as serious as possible. No, we. I'm not editing uh, anything. And you see how many times I said I'm trying not to cuss, and I, I am definitely at that point. When I, uh, for the listeners and y'all in general, my brothers, anytime y'all hear me say I'm trying not to cuss, that means I'm gonna fucking cuss about twenty more times. That's just me trying to stop myself from cussing. But you're absolutely right. I seen you. If they go to your IG, which you'll plug later if you choose to do, we saw you say, and I saw it months ago, and then you reposted it just to remind people. To keep your mask on. It's just it's just one of the things, man, where we at. And we're talking not even about basketball because they just told NBA players recently, okay, when you're not playing, have your mask on. 
bro, they was on the bench without the mask, but now have your mask on. And then with the WWE, who, you know, we we show them love because they they were like the only, let's just say the only entertainment we had during the pandemic or the quarantine that lasted all but three weeks in America last year. They were like the only entertainment. They didn't implement all their so-called safety measures until like June, July of that month or that year. So it's just kind of like right now, just it's common sense things, but where are we going as a whole or not particularly us, but where this country is going as a whole and just people like, you know what, forget it. I just don't care. And that just lets you know how this country is and just people in general in life today. It's just like, I don't care. Like if they get sick, it's because they got sick. Or if that person gets sick, they just don't care. It just, nobody believes that this thing actually exists, but yet, 240,000 people got uh, a positive result last week. Just last week. Not even this year. Last week. So, uh, you know. Also, go ahead, brother. I just, no, my fault. I didn't mean to, my fault. I didn't mean to. Also, just to add on, like, as much as they could say they took precautionary measures, like, for example, um, the second half of the schedule hasn't been released because they were going to take that break uh, February going into March to reassess whether they need a bubble and such. Like, this was bound to happen. I mean, you're traveling. And, yo, this is the same thing that happened with the beginning of the MLB season. Y'all remember? The Marlins, damn, the whole damn near Marlins team got infected. The Cardinals team got infected, you know, with COVID. And the thing is, a lot, you know, these people are forgetting. I feel like every sports league has forgotten. This this shit has long-term effects. This ain't like the cold. Like, where's the eye? You know, I'm sneezing and, you know, I'm, I'm spitting up a type of mucus, you know, looking like an X-Men. And then, you know, in two, in, in five days, I'm good. Like, there's long-term conditions to this. There's, a, you know, there's myocarditis that nobody, you know, that condition. They were talking about in February and March when the lockdowns are really starting to, you know, take effect. And it's a heart condition that could be fatal for athletes. But, and it's just crazy how, like, that kind of guy, that's getting glossed over in the midst of all this as well. I mean, I feel like, you know, granted, did they want to make their money back and did the players agree to this? Yes, but I think hopefully they plan something. They go into, hopefully it's a regional, hopefully they go into regional bubbles and they go into bubbles for the playoffs, you know, just for the safety of the players. I think they should have done a Disney. They should have, you know, granted, I know we call it the, the Disney the Disney Bowl, but they should have done a Disney season. They should have had the West Coast in Disneyland, the East Coast in Disney World. And then the playoffs. I don't know that, put I don't think Disneyland, there. I don't think Disneyland has the facilities for that. Because oh, remember, well, Walt, Disney, Disneyland is just an amusement park. Disney World, is, however, is a whole city in itself. Yeah, or had the games in Staples or something like that. You know, they could have. You know, they True. they, they could have could have had it in Vegas. You know, granted the summer league, you had but the Thomas and Nash Center, the T-Mobile Arena too. See, but and, and truth be told, I think back. they should have. I think they should have had it in Reno. I don't think that you put it in Vegas because there's too much temptation to go out and possibly get infected with, you know, casual nightlife in the center third. L.A., I don't think it works there either. But you put it in Reno or you put it in Denver or something like that, cool. Um, Definitely. You know, and that's – yeah. But as far as uh, Orlando goes or as far as the bubble goes, yeah, we'll probably see a bubble for the playoffs. Definitely. Um, and also, um, I was gonna mention this before, but we were, you know, Banks was talking, and you were talking as well. Earl. They updated their protocol for COVID. For uh, the NBA, updated 
their COVID protocol. So now for the next two weeks, players and staff must remain at the re- at residence while in the home market, except for team activities. Road teams are prohibited from leaving the hotel or having guests because they did have guests in their hotel rooms, uh, mind you. The pregame meeting is limited to 10 minutes in the locker room. Other meetings must be on court or in a room large enough for a six-foot distance. Pre- and post-game limit interact. Pre- and post-game, they, they're advising players and, you know, coaching staff to limit interactions to elbow or fist bumps, limit socializing, and maintain a six-foot distance. And face masks must be worn on the bench and in the locker rooms at all times. Okay. And they just implemented that last week, if I'm not mistaken, right? That is correct, sir. Yes. Yeah, that is correct. Once again, uh, y'all said it too. I think people fail to realize that this shit, like, you know, I, I know people that have gotten affected with it, numerous people. And, you know, they have just the basic symptoms of a cold. But, you know, it's a lot of people. And thank God they don't have any long-term effects that I could, that I've heard of, you know, right now. But, you know, we've heard of, and I don't have the football player's name in front of me that played for the Jags. Uh, he got affected twice. He went to the ICU and almost lost his life. And he's having long-term effects of it right now. So it's just not some minor flu, minor minor cold it's like none of that bro it is not and in the grand scheme those hard those uh hard conditions are really i think we don't speak enough about people who just have minor cold or flu symptoms because i do feel that the media partly does fear monger to an extent however Mm -hmm. that being a possibility should always be in your back of your mind and i think that that needs to be reported on more than anything because if you don't judge it from its worst possibility you won't really have uh, control of, of getting this thing under control. Definitely. Oh, it's not getting under control. You know, I ain't going to be, you know, I'm not going to be pessimistic banks right now, but it's one of them things where I just see how the state of this country is going. I always pick on this country because, hell, in Tokyo, they just had a lockdown. They said, okay, it's getting crazy. All right, y'all stay your asses in the house and only go to the store. So it's just one of them things where I just don't, I don't want to be anti-American too much because both of you are on this platform. But let's say if it was just me by myself, I'd probably go more crazy with it just because I don't care. But, yeah, it's, uh, I don't have too much else to elaborate on it. It's just it's one of the things, man, where you just think about how much does a dollar cost, which is a, a Kendrick yeah. song. It's just. How much is a life worth? Because I just think about like, damn, bro, what if these individuals, you know, get sick and then it's that long term thing and then you just lost money. Like if you want to think about in the business aspect, somebody gets really ill and then they come back. But then long term, they might retire because of something like Earl said, heart conditions that's been happening with some people or they have a long term effect with their lungs. Then it's like. So now you're about to lose out money. If it's a star player, you're about to lose out on jersey sales. I mean, you might still get the jersey sales even though that player retired. But long term, you know, when we do have crowds in 2025, how do you have people coming to your arena if they can't see a player play that they want to see? Yeah. It's a slippery slope. I think, you know, this is, this is what comes with, you know, making those risks and, you know, 
where with the you know the NBA is experiencing and experiencing it now, and you know you just you know hopefully you know nobody you know gets fatally you know fate you know gets seriously hurt from this, and hopefully you know there is no death death God forbid or anything like that. But I mean, this is the risk that comes with this shit, and I mean, hopefully you know these players understand that, and the NBA understands that and hopefully, you know, they resolve, you know, they resolve to something and, you know, we don't get any, you know, any, any more dangerous than, than we've already gotten, you know, so far in the season. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, uh, unless Earl has anything else to elaborate before we move on, I got a final word about it, about this topic. Uh, Earl, you got anything else you want to elaborate on? Oh, no, no, no. That's it, bro. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm here. No, I'm tired okay. to I'll just leave on this note as uh, far as this topic and overall for everything. Uh, as we are into the new year, the best thing I can tell everybody, man, you're going to have to just trust God. You know, I'm not here to preach. I'm not here to take anybody to church, but you're going to have to understand today, tomorrow, next year, however long you allowed to be on this earth and how the state of the world is going, particularly this trash country we've seen in the past. We get everything involved and I don't need to talk about it here. Man, y'all better trust God. Be safe. Wash your hands, like I always say, and wash your ass. Uh, and wear a and mask. Please do, man. And motherfuckers don't cost that much. <laughs> they really I don't actually, cost. I actually really do don't. have something to say. I actually do have something to say, and I'll edit it. I'll edit it. No, no, no. Don't edit it. No, no, no. Look, everything we're saying is I'm, I'm keeping it because I don't know about it. y'all, but I don't need you to move your mask off your face for me to hear you. Y'all have heard my rant before. I'm not going to get into it again, but I don't. No one needs you to remove your mask to speak. We can hear you. Trust yeah, me. Why would I edit that? That's common sense. Yeah, I would never edit no, that. No, 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 because I, I, I have a video on uh, Twitter and Instagram that's a lot more uh, explicit than that. No, it's I like what colorful. you said. Nah, it's, it's more colorful. More, more colorful, yes. Let's go, let's go colorful. But yeah, and, and to, to, those, to those of us who you know work with people day to day, Stop moving your mask to talk. You don't have to. Uh, I'm going to take it a step further. Uh, it's some people uh, that resemble uh, some people that was uh, somewhere East Coast last week running up the steps. Uh, a lot of them don't believe in the mask. A lot of them don't believe in washing their hands. A lot of them don't believe this shit is real. It always hit close to home when you realize it's real. Yeah, ain't that yeah, a when they knock on your door? As soon as you knock on that door, and what you fail to realize was in fact real, and you thought it wasn't, they go Freddy Cougar. Now you got to deal with the consequences. So wake your ass exactly. up. That's real, exactly. All right, and then moving on to our last topic, we talk about the NFL divisional round predictions. Uh, Hold on, last week. Start. Go ahead, bro. Uh, Banks. I wanted to say this before you started. Hey, hey, put that Mountain Dew down and go cop some masks. All right, guys. Put the Mountain Dew. They actually might think that helps them. The Mountain Dew. That's that's uh that's that's MAGA uh, ginger ale. Mountain Dew is MAGA ginger ale. <laughs> MAGA ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be the title of the podcast. That's the title. Mountain Dew is MAGA ginger ale. That's crazy, oh, bro. Nah, that's, oh, that's the title. Thank you. Yo, I was man. thinking of something. I said I was gonna say Kyrie going 
Kyrie gonna have a caption over Griselda Beats as the title, but Mountain Dew is Magic Ginger as the title of this episode. Mountain Dew is me up. I'm like, damn, should I stop drinking ginger ale? That's my favorite beverage. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's the one. That's hey, the that, one that, and two. Hey, that, hey, every black household hey, gonna have that. Hey, rub it to I'm gonna say, I, I'm gonna say something as, as a Hispanic man, you know, Puerto Rican. Black people in ginger ale is like Puerto, uh, Puerto Rican and Dominicans with vapor rub. Oh, yeah, that Vicks. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That Vicks yes, sir. Shit. That Vicks hey. gets you right. That hey man, you put this on everything. Yep. If you sick, get pop. We hey, the tub of Vicks is gonna be red. It's gonna pop up like a like a lat like genie in Aladdin. No, that's fine. I ain't gonna hold y'all. Uh, I gotta be truthful on our platform. One time I had as a kid, I ate like a teaspoon of gin of uh, Vicks vapor rub, bro. Oh man, that's uh, uh, that's not bad. Listen, man, I accidentally brushed my teeth with Bengay as a kid. It happened. Yo. Are <laughs> I know your mouth was hot as hell. <laughs> I was like three or four, bro. Hey, man. Your teeth in the pillow. I, I put baking soda on top of my grits one time because, you know, I thought it was like – it was in the fr- <laughs> it was in the fridge. So I thought, hey, listen, man. Listen, bro, it was in the fridge. I was like six, bro. I didn't know what I was doing. And hey, bank, uh, banks, please, please don't slander grits, please. I, I appreciate it, bro. We human beings, bro. Yeah, no, nah, y'all seen how I've been. Shouts out to the uh, Random Max Discord. I, I don't mess with grits at all. Hey man, I feel you. Wow, man. Mountain Dew is Mountain Dew is Magic Ginger is hilarious. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's hilarious. all right, babe. That is, but yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for that title. But yeah, uh, moving on once again to our and shouts out to y'all for that story section. Uh, we got the NFL divisional round predictions that we're doing right now. Uh, episode what was it, two is when we started doing that when we did the wild card. I feel like I failed with all my predictions. No, I think I, I got two of them right, I feel like, but. You know, I got the Ravens. I believe I chose. I think I chose the Steelers, and boy, was I wrong. And I hated choosing Steelers because of non-consensual Ben. Uh, what else did I choose? Either way, I just know I choose. I chose the Ravens, and I'm probably going to do it. Do it again. So this weekend, we got our NFL divisional round predictions that we're about to do right now. Uh, as I bring it up, I'll let you two start it up, and then I'll. I went um, before Earl starts. I went four for six last weekend. Uh, I got the Bears Saints game wrong, and I got the Rams Seahawks game wrong. So I did all right last week, but damn, I did choose the Seahawks. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I did too. Trust me, man. We the, the Seahawks. Ugh, I hate this because I I feel bad because like I know you know shout out to Seattle, but hey man, they lost they lost to a quarterback with no thumb. And the quarterback guy is head taken off. Damn, cold game. But go ahead, Earl. Oh, uh, I mean, well, just as far as like how how did we do last week? No, nah, I mean we we Banks and I was just discussing that because we picked it in uh in episode two because we you know our, oh, gotcha. our third episode was like a, a video game soundtrack episode. We deviated a bit, but when right. we did the picks. Like I think Banks said he got two right, and I looked again and I got four of them right. 
Oh, uh, la- yeah. So last week on Guessing from the Stands, um, I got. Uh, no, I got I, only the one that I lost was the uh, Steelers. Everything else was right. Um, right. And that, I mean, I'm, I'm a Steeler fan, so I wrote with my squad. Earl, I'm it, sorry. It I know you were still a fan. I know you were still a fan, but I, in the words of Denny Green, we are who we thought they were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. you know, it, it happens. What Phil Jackson it's, say? It's, Mo, Mo's a motherfucker. It's yo. Know, listen, I, I've been watching football in person on television since I was yay high. Trust me, it's a way of life down here. But I mean, it is what it is. Not for you, bro. But yeah, man. Uh, the four games. Um, before uh, you make your picks, I'll uh, I'll rattle, I'll um, read them off. Um, so on Saturday at four thirty-five p.m. Eastern time, um, it's the Rams and the Packers. And Saturday night, eight fifteen p.m., the it's gonna be Ravens and Bills. And then for Sunday, the two games, uh, three o five p.m., it's gonna be the Browns and the Chiefs. And 6.40 p.m., the Buccaneers and the Saints. So, Earl, who are your picks? All right. So, uh, for Saturday, I have uh, – let me just make sure I have this pulled up correctly. Hold on one second. Uh, so, Saturday, I have – can you all hear me good? We hear you perfect. Okay. Okay, perfect. I just want to make sure. Uh, so, for Saturday, I have um, – Give me, damn, uh, dang, it's tough, man, because when, when you get into these divisional rounds now, this ain't play play no more. Um, give me, give me, give me the Packers. I think, I think, uh, they can pull it out at home. Although I will say the ramp. No, I'm gonna go with the Rams. I'm gonna go with the Rams. Actually, I like I like uh, damn no, but yeah, yeah. Give me give me the Rams. Give me the Rams for the upset. Um, I think their defense is just too stifling, and that that uh, Devontae Adams on um on a uh, Jalen Jalen Ramsey matchup is going to be insane, and I love every time them boys get to play each other. It's always a good game. So, uh, give me that, uh, and then give me. Give me the Bills, man. I think I think Bills Mafia pulls it out. And then, uh, oh, y'all want Sunday too? Yeah, good. Give us Sunday too. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll give you Sunday. I'm sorry. Um, Sunday, I'm going to go with uh, with the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a close game, though. I don't think that uh, I think the way the Chiefs have played this year um, has not been indicative of them being as dominant of a team as they have been uh, last year. But we'll see. They could be able to turn it on this uh, off this postseason. And then uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks. I don't think you beat Tom Brady three times in a row. And I think the Bucks started clicking at the right time for what they needed. And the Saints are amazing. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks. All right. Thanks, Earl. Uh, thanks. You want to go or you want me to go? Go ahead, brother. Then I'll go after you. All right. No doubt. All right, so for the Los Angeles Rams and Green Bay Packers, um, I'm going to choose the Packers. I mean, with the Rams, and I said this last week before they beat the Seahawks, that the Rams defense gives Russell – has always has been giving Russell Wilson fits. So as much as I counted them out, 
I mean, Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs is a whole different monster. And, you know, with all due respect to Russell Wilson, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and I cannot count out Aaron Rodgers. I know Chicago fans are going to hate me for this, but I'm going to pick the Green Bay Packers. Um, Ravens and Bills. That is a tough one. I – oh, boy. Oh, man. I really got to think about this one. I'm going to pull up the hey, no. one second. Actually. Yo, what up? Talk to me. What if I told you I think the best player in football is playing in that Packers versus uh, Rams game? And who's that? Jalen Ramsey? No. No. <laughs> I know. I was being sarcastic. Who is it? Is it Aaron Donald? I think it, it is. I think Aaron Donald yeah. is the best player in the league. Hey. Oh, definitely. The best defensive player, yes. He's a – No, I mean, I mean the best football oh. player in the league. I'm talking this is generational Lawrence Taylor-type talent. Yes, sir. I no, think yeah, he's, he's what they said J.J. Watt was. I, I, even though him and J.J. Watt play two different positions, I think all the praise that they gave J.J. Watt is BS that they are not giving Aaron Donald the same praise. I think you got to put Aaron Donald's name as one of those ones all-timers. Not so that J.J. Watt wasn't. Hold on, he's J.J. Watt without the Chris Mullen flat top and the injury sliders taking off? Is that what you're telling no, me? No, 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 I, I got, I got no – yeah, that's funny. I got no problem with okay. J.J. Watt. I just think that Aaron Donald, no, honestly, is the scariest, most dominant defensive player that the game has seen since Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor. Yes, and he sir. doesn't take plays off. So, At all. yeah. Um, also, I wanted to say that Green Bay, for, for, the, for the betting folk, uh, Green Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think it's going to be closer than that, but I'm going to take the Packers on a game-winning field goal. I'm not going to give a score prediction. I'm just going to say the Packers. Barely. But barely, though. Um, Ravens-Bills. The Bills are a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. (sighs) I do not like betting. I want to say the Bills. And I feel like the Bills are, uh, you know, damn, this is hard. Because I don't want to bet against the black or back either. Because I, I ride with, with Lamar Jackson. I ride with Big Trust. But I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna take the Bills on this one, and I'm gonna say, you know, and I think I think it's Bills by. I think the Bills are gonna win by three. I don't want to do it, but I just I don't know, man. There's something about the Bills that I can't bet against them. But I hope Lamar Jackson proves me wrong, and if he does, I won't be mad about that. Browns Chiefs, Kansas City is a ten point favorite. 10. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I'm, I'm going to pick the Chiefs, even though, you know, the Browns did play well against the Steelers. But um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. And Buccaneers, Saints, uh, listen, we talked about, you know, Drew Brees. Brees and Brady, we're getting this. What is it, the third time, right? We're getting Brees and Brady playoffs? Or, Right? On my bugging. Yeah, third time this season. Yep. Third time, it's a divisional third time game. Season, excuse me. Divisional game. Yeah, my bad. Because the first game. Bro, listen, uh, I worked 12 hours. I'm first trying. game in the playoffs. Because the only first way it would be possible is if uh, Drew Brees actually went to another Super Bowl and will. Which, and then uh, they played each other the first uh, game of the season, and then they thought uh, Brady was washed that first game. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm picking the Buccaneers. I'll take Tampa over New Orleans. I think they're going to win by – I'll say I'll say Tampa Bay's going to win by seven. So, all right, Banks, it's on you. Yes, sir. So, for my picks, uh, I'm going to 
I bet against them last week and I lost my damn money. So this week I'm going with the Rams against the Green Bay Packers. I like Aaron Rodgers, but I really don't like Green Bay. I don't like Wisconsin. And it's probably because of my Chicago affiliations. So I'm going with the Rams. And if you want me to go with an analytical standpoint, once again, like Earl said, Aaron Donald is probably the best player in the league. Uh, if not, Pat Mahomes, boy, is number one. And then you got Aaron Donald. But the way that Aaron Donald changes everything, changes the total of the game on the defensive end when there's something that an offensive player is supposed to do. We haven't seen that since LT, the person that got me into football besides the one Deion Sanders. So I'm taking the Rams. Uh, with the AFC, we we got the Baltimore Ravens versus the Buffalo Bills. My pick is I'm going with the Ravens with Conch Jackson going, proceeding on to the next round. So I got the Ravens over the Bills in a close game. And then as we go to the AFC game on Sunday, we got the Browns versus Kansas City. I don't need to give an analytical standpoint. I'm going with the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl once again, so I'm going with the Chiefs in that instance. Uh, then we come to probably my game. This, this might be the greatest uh, All Lives Matter game in NFL history since or since the modern day era. We got Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus New Orleans Saints. So it's definitely about to be a lot of Proud Boys crying as they see these two old bastards play probably for the last time. Uh, and <laughs> I hope to God so because I, I really don't like Drew Brees. I love Brady. Hey. I, I don't like Drew Brees. I really don't like Drew Brees. Hey, Drew Brees is going to pop like bubble wrap if he get hit hard. Hey, you know how I'm sorry, brother. Let me say this real quick. Y'all see how y'all be people talk about stat padding. Y'all talk about the great Russell Westbrook, one of the greatest players of all time. Drew Brees do that. Russ don't be doing that. Drew Brees be doing that. Go ahead, Earl. I got the stats right here. I don't necessarily understand how you can stat pad. I never understood the idea of stat padding. Like, well, because the thing I think they mean yeah, yeah. his. His, his, his per ratio, so the, how many times he plans on just throwing the ball because, you know, he breaks a record, it seems to be, every damn game or every season. And then the NFL, they give you records like the first player to throw 20,000 passes and things like that. But the thing is, in a little bit of defense for him, even though I don't like him, he never really had any running backs to begin with. No, like he had like, he had Reggie Bush, but Reggie Bush yeah, soul yeah, was taking Yeah, Mark Ingram. Now Alvin Kamara. Who are three? I mean, Kamara, years. yeah, and he's been. Yeah, but Bush was. You know what it is? Bush was not a bad pro. The thing with Bush was he wasn't as dynamic as he was in college. But Bush was wasn't a bad his, pro. I was about to say his coon chip was activated. No, 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 no. No, 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 nothing like that. But just like, <laughs> no, nah, he, he just, he just, um, he just, a lot of times those kind of games in college do not translate to the pros unless you're like a Derrick Henry. But Derrick Henry is just a straight up the gut, pounding and pounding, type like a Marshawn Lynch type runner. That kind of game translates. But all that stuff that Reggie was doing, no, of course not. But, but, you know, we're not here to talk about that today. I mean, my thing is, um, 
And then I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the stat padding thing. I, I can understand it, and I know the gist of what people are saying. But at the end of the day, for me at least, and it's just for me, um, you got to do what you got to do to win. That's just for Absolutely. me. No, 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 I'm with you. But the thing is, if we want to go back and maybe that I start going crazy because me being pro Russell Westbrook and how people say – He's past adding. It kind of made me think along the lines of how people say Drew Brees past adding, but I really, True. I don't True. believe it to a certain extent. I just brought up the analogy because if y'all gonna say that for an NBA player who was the greatest guard, defensive player, or guard rebounding player we ever seen, then you see a guy like Drew Brees. You, it's like what's stat padding to begin with. Either way, I don't really fuck with Drew Brees. Great, great quarterback. Won one championship 11 years ago, but, you know, same thing could be said about Aaron Rodgers, who won his shit almost 10 years ago. It'll That's be 10 fact. years, what, in a month or two since That's the Super Bowl? So. I'm uh, with you, yeah. Bro. yeah, so, no, I'm going with uh, Tampa Bay for this win, and then all the Saints fans, I don't want to hear shit about the refs cause y'all to lose because we know how that happens. Every single playoffs, they say the refs cause us to lose. I think they got some valid points in that. But also, you shouldn't put your team in a position for a ref to determine whether or not you win a game. Right. If that's the case, then the Cowboys should be winning more than fucking eight games a season. Yes. I hate the fucking Cowboys. Uh, go ahead. Y'all go. <laughs> oh, no. You you got more picks, uh, brother. Oh, no. You did all your picks, right? Yeah, I did all mine. Oh, okay, cool. Hey, right. listen. I hope. I hope the Chiefs. I hope the Chiefs Browns game is like that game that uh, Baker and Pat Mahomes had in college. Do you remember that? Do y'all remember that game? The Oklahoma Texas Tech game with like oh, I very much so. Pat mm-hmm. Pat threw for like eight seven a cool seven hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, it Baker was threw for like five forty five or something, something like that. It was crazy. It was it was insane. And the thing about them is, you saw it then, but people were so sold on Baker, especially he was making that Heisman run. That Pat yeah. just slipped under the mirror and it's like, oh no, 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 Pat is the guy. Nah, yeah, Pat, Pat went crazy. Yeah, they, that game was. I remember watching that game and how just I could not believe how crazy they were going. But um, right, all four games are gonna. I mean, I think you know as much as we have our disdain for Drew Brees, uh, <laughs> I think all four games are great games, and you know, I'm looking forward to them. I think I think they'll be hopefully they're competitive and not blowouts, but you know. We'll find out this weekend. I kind of am not gonna hold you though. I wish one of the, I wish all four games were on Nickelodeon. I actually enjoyed that broadcast. That I did was too. Hilarious. I I'm enjoyed it. And I think it was good for I kids. Like, definitely, it, it it's just it's just fun and different. And I like how they, they you know I, I like how it was it had a different look to it. But I like how you know the score the you know the scoreboard looked a little different. How they were created with the you know with the first down markers and the touchdown and the and the slime cannons and shit. Like right. I, I actually, I was like, eh, I don't know about this, but you know, watching it, I'm like, you know what? It, it was a fun, different way to watch it. You know, instead mm-hmm. of the usual formulaic, you know, uh, Troy Aikman, aka White Jay Z, and uh, Joe Buck uh, commentating games, it was a nice change of pace. Yo, yo, yo. Troy Aikman as a white hole is hilarious, bro. Yeah, no, y'all, y'all, y'all are tripping for that. Well, that's funny Shout as shit. Scott. <laughs> for sure, man. Hey, but 
All right. We got anything else? If not, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think we cover we cover everything for the most part. I mean, the COVID thing was important, but you know, obviously the Harden, uh, the Harden trade, the Harden trade definitely uh, kept us by surprise. We'll call us by surprise. Absolutely. All right. Well, we can get up out of here. Uh, it's been a great show. Thank you so much, Earl of Guessing from the Stands, for stopping by on Volume Four. Show your work. Go ahead and get your plug in, brother. Oh, yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. Um, thank you all for having me again. I can't say how much I'm proud of you all for just getting this off the ground, getting it going. Um, you can follow me at Earl Got Soul on IG, um, or you can follow me on Twitter at Earl underscore Got underscore Soul on Twitter. Um, also follow Guessing from the Stands. You can find that in my uh, bio. The link is in my bio. We have new episodes dropping every week been delivering content now we just celebrated 100 episodes back in october so we rolling and uh you know just getting our getting our foot in the door man trying to make our mark in this culture as well just talking sports with the guys and really just giving a um a voice to those who who who, who argue at the television like we do hey, absolutely not early. thanks for coming on friend of, friend of the show another friend of the show Definitely, we're gonna be going, we definitely gonna have friends of the show you know, as we do more episodes. I'll show you like, but um, yeah, man, thanks for coming on. We appreciate that. And um, oh, yeah, man. You, bro. You, you had a, you had a, oh, yeah, y'all did 100 the other week. I forgot, I didn't forget, bro. Like, yeah, we did, yeah, we did 100 back in, uh, back in October. Hey, man, 100 episodes is a beautiful thing, man. And you know what, I'm gonna give you for 100 episodes, right. <laughs> Nah, that's real. Ben's he lied. He's gonna hate me by episode bro. I'm dropping flex bombs for any good thing that happens to any that either any of my people or any of my teams. Nah, that's all. Hey, man. Y'all keep, nah, keep man. working, man. The work, the work needs to be done, and y'all showing your work for sure. Nah. So I appreciate y'all for real. I appreciate you. Thank you, bro. Um, I guess it's my turn to plug myself. Um. Hey man, follow me at who is original, um, W H O I S O R I G I N E L, mainly on Twitter. IG, I, I'm not gonna hold it. I really don't use it like that. I mean, Banks plugs, you know, the shows, and I'll add that to my story, but that's really about it. So you'll mainly see me on Twitter. Um, if you're on Clubhouse, you know, it's not as elitist as it used to be anymore, but if you're on there, um, I help co mod uh, two rooms, which is We Are Sports. And the sister basketball club, which is attack the rim. So follow me on there. Um, I'm usually on there as well. And also, um, I actually forgot to tell you, Banks, this, but um, I kind of thought about it today. Um, I told y'all a couple weeks ago that I was gonna do a wrestling club, and I applied for it, and I still have not got anything. And I found out the secret to that is doing more rooms. So, I guess it's an announcement. But um, my wrestling club faces and heels. Um, our first, the first room is most likely going to be a Royal Rumble reaction room, the day of the Royal Rumble. Um, I'm probably going to start at like maybe four Eastern. Cause I think what is the Royal Rumble starts what like at five or six right now. They start like super early. So, uh, um, I, mean, I think it started at seven still. Yeah. I think. It does. Yeah, so, I think it starts at seven eight. With the pre, you know, with the pre-show and all that hot stuff, you know, I think I'll, um, I'll probably start at like at four, maybe five, like just to get people to come in and talk and, you know get ready in uh in advance you know for the royal rumble um i may do something the week of too like a kind of a virtual royal rumble room 
damn, I said that mad fast. Road to Royal Rumble Room, where we could talk about, you know, all the events leading up to the to the Rumble, um, give some predictions, you know, and just, man, just talk some wrestling, you know, because with the rooms I've been doing, it's gone really well with just talking about sports, you know, not only what's going on in the, or, you know, the, on the court or the field, you know, we talk about everything that's going around, you know, the sport and, you know, outside the lines of the sports. And, I mean, I want to do the same with wrestling, especially with black and brown people because, you know, I really don't want to hear white people's opinions on wrestling, but that's another story for another day. Incredible white people, excuse me. But, um, yeah, man, so Faces and Heels is coming to the clubhouse too. So, yeah, man, just – Stay on the lookout for that. I know y'all two are really big wrestling fans, so I know y'all going to come through. And anybody who's listening to this is going to call us pop up for that. Um, that's the day of the Royal Rumble. Definitely going to make that happen. But, hey, man, thanks. Close it out for us. Yes, sir. As, all, as always, follow me at Banks No Rest 2, B-A-N-K-S-N-O-R-E-S-T-2 on IG and Twitter. Uh, show your work is on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all DSPs. Yes, uh, we're also have a distribution deal with Struggle for Success podcast. Shouts out to Nico. Uh, follow that at SFS Podcast Net. Yeah, I almost said dot net, but SFS Podcast <laughs> Net on, on Twitter. Uh, for all updates on everything we're doing. So we now have the podcast being distributed through uh, Nico's network. We got more in the work as well. And you can also follow us on Show Your Work Podcast just on all streaming services. Once again, thank you, Brother Earl, for coming through again. Shouts out to my co-host, Nelson, once again, who was original. Uh, once again, like I always leave on this note, make sure to wash your hands, wash your ass, Always show love to women, particularly black women. Keep your hands to yourself. Get your money. Shut the fuck up and do work. And wear a damn mask. You bozos. Bow.